This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Father Ted Sill. He's the pastor of St. Matthew in Gehanna. Welcome, Father. Thank you. Good morning. Great to have you. Um, you know, we've been talking about parish life um, and the importance of it. And one of the one of the things I know that um, you are kind of are strongly passionate about in pastoral life is the liturgy and to make sure that the liturgy is celebrated beautifully and according to the rites of the church. And um, maybe you could, I mean, we, you know, you've mentioned that uh, obviously as a sacramental people, the Eucharist, confession, these things, this is where we encounter the Lord primarily. Um, but, you know, how, how, how do you help your parishioners really to grow in that appreciation for the liturgy? Well, some of it is through experience, and hopefully doing the liturgy well um, will help the, exp- the people experience uh, prayer and worship uh, done well. You know, I, I try to remind uh, people that um, God, from the very beginning, um, was teaching his chosen people how he wanted to be worshiped, um, how uh, the liturgy was to be done, and he, he gives us instruction in that. Um, and that's a real challenge, I think, in this day and age when um, so much of uh, what we're kind of told to do or encouraged to do by our culture is what makes us happy, what pleases me, what uh, gives me enjoyment. Um, but when it comes to um, you know worshiping God, um, it's really to be focused on on God outside of ourselves. And that's a real challenge, trying to do that in this culture and, and trying to get people to understand that um, our worship, um, the Mass, is focused on God. And, and we do have—God still continues to help us understand how He wants to be worshipped. Certainly, um, the Eucharist is—we have that in Jesus' own words in Scripture. Um, this is how it's to be done. But even in that— um, the church instructs us through the missal and its documents on the liturgy. And as you said, I, I try to be faithful to those. I think it's important that it helps us not be egocentric, you know, focused mm-hmm. on ourselves, but rather focused on God. Another great, um, great thing at um, St. Matthew's is perpetual adoration. Um, which started while you were there as pastor. Um, and there's, to my knowledge now, of course, someone's probably going to correct me, but right now there's St. Matthew's, there's Portsmouth, um, and I think Holy Name are the three places with perpetual adoration in the diocese. Um, so maybe you can talk about the, not, not just the importance of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, but also the fruits that you're seeing from it in the parish. It, 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 I think um, it can be a bit intimidating thinking about the amount of commitment and number of people that we have to have to make that work. 
Um, and so in the very beginning, when it was first, I actually was Father um, uh, Schmidt, who, when approached by the Knights of Columbus uh, about some projects to do in, in the church, they were just, you got any ideas, Father Schmidt? And he jumped right on, yeah, let's get, you know, perpetual adoration started. Well, let's go talk to Father Sill, see if he's like, yeah, that's a great idea, wonderful. But still, there's a little bit of skepticism, you know, mm-hmm. can we make this work? And it did. Um, then the same question came up again after we had to close down for the pandemic and then get it restarted, which we just recently did. You know, it's the same questions, but um, it's happening. And it's because of the faith of the people. And they nourish that faith by spending time in prayer with the Lord before the Blessed Sacrament. And I, yes, you're right. I've seen um, some great things come from that. Um, the level of commitment of those people who um, come and pray like that, um, they are the ones who step forward when there are other things that we need done. Um, I've, we've had young men and uh, young women, you know, discern uh, vocation of priesthood or, or religious life. We, I think, consistently had somebody in seminary um, pretty much of that time since we started um, that perpetual adoration. Um, so, you know, it's, it's born fruit. And also in just like the inspiration that we've had from the Holy Spirit to do some of the things uh, through our staffing, you mm-hmm. know, I, you know, collaboration, like, you know, developing the family of faith program um, for the parish and those kind of things, I'm sure, are the fruits of that prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. That, that it doesn't just open up the people who are there in prayer, but they're praying for the whole parish. And so um, it, it opens up a lot of other avenues to inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced. Yeah. And and I think the the obviously with perpetual adoration in these parishes is it's not as if it's just for parishioners of St. Matthew's, but it's really open. To exactly. Everyone, yeah, we have know? we have people that pop in from various parishes, and some actually from other parishes who commit to an hour. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting, at least from my perspective, with you know from the kind of looking at the whole diocese is um, it's hard for a parish to to do, as you said, like that's a huge commitment. But I think certainly a couple parishes coming together can do the task, you know? And yeah, it makes it a, a lot more doable. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the Which other... we can use this for a little advertisement. Sure, sure. We, yeah. We, if any of you, our listeners, you know, wanting, feel that little nudge to commit to an hour, um Please step forward. We need your help. There are still some hours where it's a little bit thin. Yeah. The other um, the other point too, I think we um, we don't want to miss about St. Matthew's too, and and it was also your case at St. Patrick's too, is um, a parish school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what are you know kind of the blessings and challenges of of being a pastor of a school? The blessing I think is. Um, Having that uh, 
energy and uh, you know the, the kids and their families on on campus um, on a regular basis and being able to connect with uh, them, uh, you know, uh, having mass with the student population um, every week, an opportunity to speak directly to the students and preaching. Um, it's, it's certainly uh, a blessing opportunity. Um, of course, the challenge is always, you know, paying the bills and, um, you know, are we making any, any headway with the students as far as growth and virtue and, you know, uh, and, you know, their relationship with Jesus. Um, it, and it, it becomes even more a challenge every year with, again, cultural influences on our families and kids and, you know, trying to overcome that. We have a great opportunity to, to um, have that influence, uh, you know, that because of a school and do you see, I mean, you know, you, you've done it with um, the catechesis for the public school and homeschool um, kids. It's more family-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, the Really, the role of families in Catholic schools, because um, in that sense, you know, they're sending their kids to you to educate. But as the Church emphasized, you know, parents are the primary educators. Right. So even in that relationship, parents are their crucial partners, for the school. Absolutely. And that's a huge challenge trying to get um, a greater percentage, actually, all of the families involved in that way, as opposed to having a mentality where, you know, I just send them to school and they get instructed and um, it'll all be good. Um, if we don't have the families buy in and their own uh, serious efforts at uh, growing in their faith, Involvement in the sacramental life of the church, it it's just not going to work yeah. without that. Great. Um, well, fa- you know, Father, as we kind of wrap up um, our series of conversations together, um, what um, maybe as you know, as you um, kind of proceed your sort of hopes for the church and the diocese of Columbus. Well, I'm I'm encouraged by the strategic planning that the diocese is doing currently, and not just for parishes but also schools, and um, am hopeful that it'll provide um, a clearer vision for um, uh, all of us uh, in our ministry, and also particularly you know to pastors to help uh, keep us focused uh, in the right direction. Um, so I'm very much encouraged uh, by that and hopeful that um, it, it will bring uh, about a, you know, some really positive uh, change moving forward. Excellent. Well, you've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me has been Father Ted Sill. He's the pastor of St. Matthew's in Gehenna. Thank you, Father, for joining us. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. The Catholic Foundation, inspiring giving and assisting donors. Catholic-foundation.org Catholic-foundation.org